What's up, guys? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. I'm Tim Geddes, and because it's Wednesday, yes, this is in fact Gary Witta. How you doing? I'm still finishing my Twinkie. Your, your strawberry Twinkie. I love you. You guys always have the best snacks in the in your little office kitchen back there. People keep sending us stuff. Yeah, Please right. Stop. So your influence. When you're it's, influencers, you just get free shit all the time. Happen. And it's like free shit that like I don't know that anybody asked for the strawberry Twinkies. You know, I, I, I didn't. I'm not trying to be a dealer here. God, I'm just I, saying I like want them so bad. Huh? I want them so. I know, badly. but it's like no. Like Kevin's over there trying to diet. I'm thinking about trying to diet. You know how hard it is to not eat these strawberry. We Twinkies? had this com- look. We had this conversation before the show. Sugar free, calorie free Red Bull mm-hmm. plus twi- plus Twinkie. Yeah, they cancel each other out. I don't know how you're doing this. That's math. A, that's how math works. Your math sounds weird. I they don't know. They cancel man. each other out. A negative force when it meets a positive force. But yeah, Twinkies. The have- result is. Here's the thing, he's he's bringing up a solid point, Kevin. Zero calories is not the same as negative calories. Negative positive. He's talking negative, about forces negative, in nature. He's negative, not talking negative about positive. calories, go, dude. Where did you go to school? This, you, Come on, disgrace God, Kevin. You are disgusting. You're a disgusting human being, okay? Tinky. No, it's a great... It's a great time to come to Kind of Funny because you always get good snacks because of your status as influencers. Mm-hmm. And it's and we're in the run-up to Easter, so you've got all this spring it's Easter like, candy Everything's back pink there. and yellow, Everything's man. pink, either little Easter egg-shaped Oreos. It's just a magical time. <sighs> Send healthy stuff, you know what I mean? Or at least... I don't know. I don't, what, what's really what you want? Snack? You really want people sending you like kale and nah, like want broccoli kale. snacks and stuff? Nah, you don't want that. I don't. I don't want. It. Ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, right here on Twitch.tv/slash kind of funny games, we get together, talk through all of the biggest video game news of the day. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com/slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily if you want to be part of the show you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free it's fantastic today we are sponsored by quip and Uh-oh. harry's harry's uh but we'll get to that later uh gary how have you been I've been doing good. I'm fi- finding off a bit. I don't know if there's something going around, but I've been finding off a bit of a cold. Mm. Been a bit oh, snuffly. there's something going there around. There is going for sure. around. It's not just me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I definitely got it. Whatever it is, it's going around. Oh, I've been very no. stuffy. Yeah. Um, but still playing the division. Still, Ooh, still got to, just hit world tier four. Wow. Last night, Greg Miller just oh, explained shit. to me what that is. That yeah. sounds like a big deal. Yeah. So once you hit level thirty, you start advancing your gear score. And you go up through different world. There's different. There's four different world. Te- well, there's five, but the fifth one's not out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hit the highest level right now. My gear score is 388. Highest you can get is around 450. Oh my god! So I'm getting close. You're a division master. I well, I lo- like I said, I love the first game. I'm really enjoying this one. I found a great group of people to play with. Have you played um, with Fred at all? No. no, because they're all over on the P- they're on the uh, PlayStation side. Me and Ice T mm-hmm. are over on the Xbox side. What does that mean? Ice T. Are you playing with Ice T? No, I just I oh. just happen to know that he is also playing the Xbox See, version. I love Ice, that would be cool if I if I was playing with Ice you, T. You talk about our influencer status, and it's like, <laughs> oh, you guys are just getting sent all these like secret snacks and stuff. I look at you, Mister like Hollywood celebrity guy, and you're just like casually dropping. Yeah, Ice T plays. I'm like, oh yeah. I don't even think that you're not playing with. No, him. just Ice T. I just assume that I, you are. Ice T's really into the game as well. He posts about it on Twitter. Yeah, and he posted a screenshot of his agent, uh-huh. and by looking at the screen, you could tell which version he was playing. Uh-huh. And I was I was satisfied to see that he like me was playing the Xbox. Wow! Version. Wow! God, what a time to be alive! Uh, today's stories include Borderlands 3's little teaser, Cyberpunk hype, and Wolfenstein Youngblood gets a release date. But first, a little housekeeping for you: uh, Greg Miller is doing doing something. Honestly, I don't really know what it is. Kevin, can you pull up the link that I, I put in there? Yeah. Um, he is trying to win a competition that ESPN. Is putting on where it's it's kind of a March I mean, Madness as of right now, bracket, he's winning. and as of right now, he's beating Sinatra, who is one of the San Francisco Shock members. What is this? What well, I, I don't understand what this is. Don't Gary, ask questions. Can you Gary. Right the, now. E- the hashtag esports sixty four. What is that? I don't know. Gary, can, can you <laughs> go to Twitter and go ahead and vote for Greg? We're, we're it's a, it's, a, it's important. I mean, it looks like he doesn't need my help. No, he's got he, does, help. He, does. he does. He does. Because last, so the competition's over in five hours. Okay. And as of like 10 hours ago, it was like, Greg was being destroyed. Right. And then they tied up a bit and it's been a back and forth battle. But what so. even is it? What? 
Here's the thing, it Gary. Don't matter. ask questions. It's kind of funny. We just want to win things. It's. It, okay? it, I mean, I know that. I know that. I'm, it's esports. I'm not supposed to understand it. But uh. Gary, you're, you're trying too hard right now. You but Greg, just Greg, have to like it. I understand why this guy Sinatra might be there because he plays for an, a professional Overwatch team, right? Yeah. That's what the SF That's shock is. See, I know that much. Uh huh. But what's what, what's Greg doing? He's not an esports guy. Hey man, a lot don't of hit, say don't he hit he on is. his hustle. Have a you watched Party Mode? That's not esports. It's. Hey, that's, up, that's up to your opinion. Uh, the Kind of Funny World Tour comes to Kansas City this Saturday. Come hang out with us all day at Planet Comic Con for panels with uh, the cast of Smallville, Mick Foley, Henry Winkler, the Power Rangers. Oh it's going to be fun. Then come to our meet and greet at the Flying Saucer Draft Emporium. No badges needed for the meet and greet. New York City is next, next week. Oh, my God, that's soon. And thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Tom Bach, and Mohammed Mohammed. Uh, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Let's start off with a big one. Uh, a Borderlands announcement is teased for tomorrow. Bless you, Kevin. Uh, there is something going around. There is. Look at it. She is at home right now, and she is not oh, doing she's, well. She's under the weather oh, as well. It's real bad. She right. was sneezing and coughing up shit oh, all my night. Goodness. Oh my goodness! Keeping me up. I'm a tired oh, no. boy. You're the real victim here. I'd say uh, no hugging from now on. No hugging ever. 2K put out a CG trailer called Mask of Mayhem. Uh, it doesn't call it Borderlands 3, but it says more will be revealed at the Gearbox PAX East panel tomorrow, March 28th. You can tune into the live stream at 11 a.m. Pacific. Did you get a chance to watch this trailer? I, I saw I saw the little, a little bit of the animation. It was a bit, it was just one of those, it was like one of those teasers where all they show is like an image, right? Like a logo. It reminded me of the end of Age of Ultron. Where they kind of there's like the the statue of all the characters and the, right. the cameras just kind of going around them. Right. Uh, it's just a CG fun little thing. Like you can get a couple hints at some characters that are going to be at some enemies. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no chance at all at this point that this isn't Borderlands Three, right? It's 100 no chance at all. Certain, right. Will it be called Borderlands Three? I don't know. There, there, there's I guess a question there. I assume it will be. Honestly. Um, but it's a like, cool, uh, cool piece of animation. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, there's oh, yeah. I mean, like, obviously you've got guys are, like doing up, buggies, hyping up tomorrow. Yeah, that's Borderlands. So we're, we're going to get some get some more info. Does this do anything for you? Well, only no, but only in the sense that I'm not a huge Borderlands fan. If I were a Borderlands fan, I'm oh yeah. I mean, like, there's the Borderlands guy right there. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure I would find it very uh, very exciting. It's a, like it's a beautiful piece of animation. It's been a long time since. When was when was Borderlands two? Remind me. When was the last Borderlands like cool Borderlands 2. game? I want to say twenty twelve. Going back a few years, right? Twenty twelve. So that would have been what three sixty PlayStation. Oh 3 yeah, era? yeah, yeah. There hasn't been a proper Borderlands on right. this generation. It's, it's There's been, been it, the remaster of a uh, the handsome Jack collection. Right, I think it right. Was called. It's been it's been long enough that we could expect to be to see the, to, to this new to see this new border game look. Sufficiently, extremely better than I don't know where my tongue is at this morning, but like I can't get words out. Much better. We can expect this to look significantly better, significantly better than previous Borderlands games yes. because it's been a long time. We've had a generational leap. This is going to look the shit, right? We that's, hope so. That's that's the the idea, right? Now, the, and that animation there sets a very high standard. The only uh, kind of question I have is like, what does all the shakeups and everything that's been going on over a two K mean? Like with the Randy Pitchford stuff and with all of that, and with the um, kind of flopping of their last game. Fallout, they, no, the, what, what was the last one that the, um, flopped? Not Heroes of the Storm. God damn it! What is it? <laughs> We're, we're doing great. Today, we are. Gary. This, this is what ha- I'm telling you. This is what happens when you put kind of funny games daily on first thing in the morning before anyone's had a chance to wake is the up. Game like Overwatch. Oh, battle, 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 droid. Battleborn, Battleborn, Battleborn. There you go. There you go. Battleborn. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll yeah, get man, there did together. they release that at the it, wrong time? Because that came out like roughly around the same time as Overwatch, didn't it? And, and I feel like it kind of was like their answer to Overwatch, and it wasn't a great answer. So if you're gonna, if, if you're gonna go up against a game like Overwatch, you better have a fucking good answer. Because yeah. if not, you're just gonna get steamrolled, exactly. which is what and happened. They, and they did. So, but, but Borderlands is obviously there. You know, Gearbox over the over the years, I think, has been mostly hit, but they've had their fair share of misses. Everyone still remembers the Aliens 
oh, yeah. game and right mm-hmm. and some of the other missteps that they've made. But Borderlands is their that's the, that's their bread and butter franchise. It is their constant, yeah. Right. And you know we've seen the kind of spinoffy games as well. But it, and like even those were good. They weren't as good as the the core titles. But then we have now three. There was a lot of expectation there. Gilly Bruns writes in and says, "Hi guys, Happy Widow Wednesday." With the Borderlands announcement on the way tomorrow, do you guys anticipate that what we'll see will greatly differ from the Borderlands style we've come to know? These days, I keep hearing people cite Borderlands as one of the first looter shooters to spawn this new wave of similar live service games. But do do you think these games as a service models will have any impact on this new installment? In the past, Borderlands has had great success with paid DLC, but could something like that exist today? And this is it's very interesting to think about, you know, like because everything you're saying, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I don't know if Borderlands can have the same type of significance that it did back then. Do you think that if Borderlands 3 is pretty much more of the same Borderlands 2, it would feel outdated in today's landscape? I think it would. Right. And on top of that, I think that if they were to try to chase the the, the modern version of it, which would be a the division loot shooter. or something right. like that, right. I, don't, I don't know that out the gate it's going to be as successful as something like and that's the problem is you know we've seen this so many times like look at Anthem. If right? I was, wor- if uh, I was uh, working at a, a game developer and the head of the studio came in and said good news everybody! We've decided that our next project is going to be one of these big open world uh, live service loot shooter type games. I would just shoot myself. Or I would just quit and walk out. Uh-huh. Because who one of the two options, Because it yeah. just seems like, unless, unless you get it exactly, and, and the division, to its credit, has probably got it more right out of the gate than any other game. But look, I mean, look at Bioware's The Cautionary Tale. Bioware, which is a quadruple A developer, like as big as it gets. Um, and they, they came out of the gate with Anthem was like their big bet, fully supported by EA. They threw everything at it. And it's been a fucking nightmare. Like, I mean, who would want to be a developer working on that game right now? It's just, just it must be miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's hard working on any game. But it seems like these particular kind of games where there's so much to deal with in terms of keeping the, you know, there's a live community out there all the time. They're breaking things. They, you know, there's a constant um, need to kind of give them enough loot to keep them interested, but not so much loot that they finish the game too early. You know, trying to find that balance, making sure that when people hit end game, there's a lot for them to do. Trying to keep all those millions of people happy is just a, 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 a absolutely. It must be a demoralizing experience at times. And so, I would not want to be involved in developing a game like that. It just seems like it would be just too horrible. Yeah. Um, the question is, um, perhaps more interestingly than my observation that duh, the game's going to look better because it's been seven years since the last one, is how much has the gaming landscape changed? We have Very moved much. to to an area uh, into, into an area now where. Uh, a lot of these uh, loot shooters have become the or battle royale have become you know there's a whole new genres of game that have now become in vogue and the question is battle I imagine that Borderlands has been in development for quite a long time have they anticipated this what have they this is going to be the, big, the interesting question that I would like to see the answer even even as a non Borderlands fan just as kind of an observer of, observer of the marketplace I'll be interested to see have they jumped on those same trains as everyone else would they will they will there be some kind of battle royale will there be some kind of uh, you know Destiny style you know open universe feel to it um are they going to chase those trends or maybe i would like to see they would just go off and do their own thing and say look it's not what borderlands used to be because obviously we want to evolve and move on it's not what you think it might be like battle royale or loot shooter because you know everyone else is doing that we don't want to chase trends here's something new that you didn't expect that we're developing which is going to be interesting and i I have no idea what to expect but i do have faith in gearbox i think that like i said even though they have had their missteps over the years um when it comes to borderlands they pretty much have handled that franchise i think with care they understand it's their it's the it's the jewel in their crown and they generally for the most part again yeah. i'm not a, 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 a passionate observer of borderlands but have they ever really fallen on their face in the borderlands world like all the borderlands games have been pretty well received right yeah i mean like i said earlier like the spin-off ones they kind of just started feeling derivative but right but then they stopped them Right. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to be on the hate train for this because it's not as negative as I might be sounding on this right now. But I, I don't think that they are they are not that they're not capable, but they're not going to come out with something that is this third option. You don't think they're like going to wow. New. It's going to be something totally I, I original. I don't think so. I think it's going to be. Um, well, what's your guess? What do you think? If you had to guess something, what, what do you think? So 
Let me read the next question. Okay. And, and then give the answer. Sounds good. So Robert Mim says, having seen the Borderlands hype train teaser this morning and the interaction between Gearbox and Xbox on Twitter, both today and with the previous news, what do you think is the likelihood that Borderlands 3 releases day and date on Xbox Game Pass? Could they be crazy enough to make it an Xbox exclusive? Is there a world where something can release on Game Pass and have a full retail release at the same time? What does that mean for PlayStation and PC storefronts like Steam and Epic? I would not be surprised if this is another game that's uh, ex- exclusive on Epic Game Store on the PC side of things. That makes sense to me, um, based on well, every the PC, we've every PC, every major PC game that comes out now. There's a the new conversation we're having about oh, which stores are going to land. It used to be well, obviously Steam, yeah. or obviously Origin if it's an EA game, but it was pretty, or pretty much was that, and everything else was on Steam. But now with the emergence of the Epic Store and other stores that we're seeing. Uh, come to the fore. There's there's this a big additional question of well, where am I going to have to go to buy it? Yeah, Tim, I think Epic Game Store is the answer there. If it comes out on Game Pass, right? Yeah. Then wouldn't it automatically be available through Microsoft's back end? Because can't you play every Game Pass game on? No, no. no. That's okay. so Microsoft games are play anywhere. Got it. And like that's not even always true. Thanks, Tim. But yeah, so there you go. But um, all of this together, so answering the question of do I think it could be day and date on Xbox Game Pass, I don't think that that is highly likely, but I do think there's there's a chance. And I think that that actually educates my guess to what this game is, where I think that this could be a more outdated game if it if their strategy is let's get it in the hands of as many people as possible, i.e. something like Game Pass, that is just going to keep people playing. Right. Right. So just like let's get them in and they're not expecting this major upgrade title. They're just it's gonna be a fun game to play. What does that mean on the PS4 side of things? That's where it gets complicated and I don't know because I don't see this being Xbox exclusive. No, I don't I'm not I I don't quite get where the question is speculation is coming from here because there's never as far as I'm aware, there's never been a third party game that launched day and day on Game Pass. I know all the Microsoft first party games do, but for the most part for the most part Games Pass third party games show up on Game Pass like sometime after the fact. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But you have to imagine that's maybe State of Decay too, I can't remember. Well State of Decay is Microsoft. Oh that's right. Okay. So And then, and then, why, and then, why would um, Xbox? Why would it be an Xbox exclusive? Borderlands has always been a multi-platform title. Why would that change now? If Xbox were to put money down to get it as a game, is pass. Borderlands the kind of game that it's worth going to the mat to get first-party exclusive? Though it kind of is. It kind of could be, right? I think that's the thing: is that if if Microsoft were to get exclusivity on it and say, "Hey, it's coming to Game Pass." Like day and date, I think that that would generate a lot of interest and get a lot more people playing potentially uh, if the game isn't a transformative experience that we haven't seen before from Gearbox or Borderlands, right? I don't think that's the case. I think that they're going to be multi-plat with this one. Um, and actually, was it always meant multi-plat? I'm pretty sure when it first started, it was just Xbox. I don't remember. This is, this is a job for your wrong. Yeah, let us know. But <laughs> I, my, my guess is I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel. I, I, I agree. I don't think it's option three either. I don't think they're going to chase the Destiny Division Anthem model. I, th- I, I think it's going to be mostly, I'm going to say it's 80% warm blanket, right? 80% comfort food, 80% mm-hmm. this is the Borderlands you know and love, with 20% of like some new gimmicks and features to make it, to, to bring it up to date. But for, I think for the most part, it's going to be, to, to people that love know and love Borderlands, it's going to be, more. familiar but in a welcome way i think yeah that's my I, guess i think so as well i, I think 80 percent is a is a fair thing because i do think that they need that 20 percent modernization that's not too close to these games as a service but right. is a step above what we saw a decade ago yeah you don't want to feel like you're stuck in the past and a, yeah. and a graphical but I still refresh think that is it not going to do it i still think that it, it it might i don't know i'm trepidatious about this one i, I, I just think from a from a business point of view chasing that destiny dollar that loot shooter dollar is a very um, I was going to say high risk, high reward, but we don't we don't even know about the high reward part yet, right? Is anyone making a ton of money out of this genre? We we yeah, don't know. I mean, yeah, they are. Like, I mean, Destiny's, Destiny, Destiny's obviously, but I mean, even that was a struggle to get there, right? On two with the first game mm-hmm. and with the second game, both of those games faltered out of the. Monster Hunter World, I think, is another example, right. of them making a ton of money. So high risk. It. So let's say high risk, high reward, and that's something you've got to be. And it's an increasingly crowded genre. My guess is that Halo with Halo Infinite is going to go into this space as well. This is going to be, I think, the more even more so than. Battle Royale, I think this is going to become the most crowded genre out there right now. This whole kind of like, you know, come to our, come to our, don't just play a game and then move on to the next game. Come to our world and live in it yeah. and stay here and we'll keep updating with your content and we want you to stay with us forever. Yeah. Games, games are increasingly 
there are games are increasingly asking you the question, Tim. Mm-hmm. Where is this relationship going? Yeah. Are you just gonna? Are we just gonna play around for a little while? I'm and you're afraid of the commitment, next game? man. Or are you ready to make a I'm commitment? I'm ready to find the Are you in for the end game? Are it. you in for I the season pass DLC? <laughs> for a commitment, folks. Well, you put a ring on it. That's right. You, if you is, like, it's going to cost like you as much as a ring at the end of the day. God damn. We'll find out tomorrow what's going on with Borderlands. Next up. Wolfenstein Youngblood gets a release date. This comes from Owen S. Good at Polygon. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, the next chapter of Machine Games' twisted and violent alternate history, will launch July 26th. Publisher Bethesda Softworks announced Wednesday. Bethesda also announced that the co-op shooter may be shared and played among friends for free with a few conditions. Someone has to buy Wolfenstein Youngblood's Deluxe Edition and then share its buddy pass with a pal, and the two of them have to be playing the game together at the same time. But the second person will still be able to experience all of the game for free. Bethesda said. The buddy, the buddy best may also be shared among multiple friends, although only one at a time may play with the owner. It's coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, Windows, Xbox One, the Deluxe Edition's 40, and the normal version's 30. The Buddy Pass thing sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, and I'm interested in the whole co-op aspects of this. I, I, I did see the trailer for this morning. Obviously, loved you know the Wolfenstein universe is great fun. Um, and I mean, this looks like even more fun. And, and you know, and it's it's, <laughs> it's thirty bucks. Um, and I actually really like the idea. I increasingly, uh, my wife and I are increasingly looking for games that we can play uh, collaboratively, cooperatively as a as a team. And this is you know a, a great way to do that. Yeah. So I, I wish I wish there were more. St- I wish there was more. <laughs> One of the <coughs> excuse me. One of the things I like about the division is playing with other people on a team, you know, and you, you fight the bad guys together uh, cooperatively. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would like to see more of that. Uh, obviously, that works in the in 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 the um, in the context of like a large open world um, uh, online game. But I would like to see cooperative play. And obviously, Halo did it very successfully. Oh, yeah. uh, built more, just baked more into uh, kind of story campaign. Uh, you know, good old especially shorter story campaigns. Yeah. Like the, this game is very enticing to me for all the reasons you just said. In yeah. addition to the fact that you were probably what expecting a six-hour campaign yeah. from this, something like that. That sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds real good. I'm looking forward to it. The trailer looked great. Yeah, uh, the music was awesome. So BJ Blasquist has gone missing, mm-hmm. as the, and you've got to go. I guess t- uh, two of you have, have to go track him down. So you don't play as BJ in this one. For a no, chance. it's his kid. Right. Right. Yeah. So cool stuff, man. Very exciting. Uh, next news story. The Final Fantasy XV studio begins work on a new AAA game. This comes from Shabana Arif on IGN. A new AAA game from Final Fantasy XV's Luminous Productions is seemingly now in the works. Luminous was set up by Final Fantasy XV director Hajime Tabata, who has now quit the company and includes much of the original Final Fantasy XV team in its staff. According to a Famitsu interview with Final Fantasy XV DLC director Takashi Tarada via Reset Era, the studio's next title will be set in a brand new world and is the reason that Luminous Productions was established. I cannot, quote, I cannot talk about the details, but like Final Fantasy 15, I will create a game based on a new world drawn with high quality, high end. Please be assured that the next project is already in motion, said Tarada when asked when the studio is developing now that the Final Fantasy 15 story has come to an end. This is exciting to me in 10 years from now um, because this would be like the first time that they're from the ground up. This team is working on their own game. Final Fantasy 15 could have been amazing. It was pretty good. And I think the problem with that is it had so many restarts, so many uh, different people's hands in the cookie jar. And I think that the gameplay was fantastic, but the story was completely lacking because they, they started it. They got halfway done. They, canned it but then they took elements from it and it always felt like it was built on a shoddy foundation Uh and because of that it felt inconsequential playing through it and I feel like the DLC helped that a lot because they kept adding more and more and more but that's too little too late right like you once somebody plays through the game you can't retroactively make the story better later and just expect people to be like oh well it's a good story now so it should have been a good story then it's like that's just not how people play games um but the game was beautiful it ran great it played great and i believe in this team and i think that them having their own thing not having to worry about the final fantasy name not having to worry about all of the the past Debacles that have went on. I really believe they can make something that's truly special. Yeah, I mean it's a team with team with a with a top pedigree. Uh, I like high quality. I like high end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. no problems yeah. there. These are checking the right boxes for me. And yeah, it's always exciting when you know rather than do like the sixteenth or seventeenth or eighteenth iteration. I obviously understand Final Fantasy is super popular, and there will be sixteen, seventeen, and they're all very, very. It'll, it'll go on forever. But it's nice. It's nice when they go they go back to the whiteboard and and create something from scratch, a new universe. So I'll be excited to see what they come yeah. up with. Yeah, and actually having said. 
said that, I'm not entirely sure that it's confirmed that it's not a Final Fantasy game. I just I don't expect it to be. Right. Um, but but we'll have to see there. But yeah, exciting stuff. And then next up, we got some CD Projekt Red news. This comes from Giuseppe Neva at Twinfinite. Big Twinfinite. Today, CD Projekt Red hosted its financial conference call for investors, and it was quite focused on Cyberpunk 2077. Later in the presentation, we heard from the president that this E3 will be the most important ever for CD Projekt Red, and they have prepared a strong show. The team expects this E3 to be even stronger than the last one. And let me tell you, as somebody that saw that behind closed doors demo, it was very strong last year. Cyberpunk was the talk of E3. Yeah, I remember a lot of people. Were you coming, at E3 last no, year? No, but I remember watching a lot of videos of people coming out of that demo room being really wowed. It by was it. wowing, yeah. Gary. It was awesome. And like the the way that they talked about the game, the way they believed in the game, it I don't think I've ever been a part of a E three demo that made me that impressed. Uh and yeah, it looked great. I remember game. watching there was like they, I think they put like they a, eventually put it like online. a twenty minute demo online that people could watch and it looked amazing. Yeah. Uh the next game project after this is the surprising part. The next game project after Cyberpunk 2077 is already underway, and the company wants to go beyond gamers' expectations. Yet we shouldn't draw conclusions on what the game is just yet. It's a completely new title and not a port of an old game, but it's too early to talk about it now. The team is still much smaller than the Cyberpunk team, and the concept is different even if the quality is going to remain, quote, stellar. Uh, the president also mentioned that the development of Cyberpunk is quite advanced, so it's a bit late to draw inspiration from other games in the market. In any, cha- in any case, it's not into CD Projekt's DNA to do so. The game isn't competing directly with Fortnite, as it's a very different form of entertainment. I think this is all really good news, based on everything we were just talking about with Borderlands. Uh, he also confirmed that the plan for Cyberpunk to possibly be cross-generation already exists. While the new generation has not been announced yet, Red Engine has been developed from scratch so that it can extend from generation to generation. Quote, if there's an opportunity for us to launch Cyberpunk for another generation, we would want to do this probably. <laughs> Read between the lines. It's happening. It's coming to next gen as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, who's not excited about Cyberpunk, right? This this is an exciting game. It's a very exciting and game. Who, and and, and, we'll, and you'll get to see at this E3 like mm-hmm. how much, what strides it's made in the past year of development. Yeah. So it'll be exciting. Hopefully a bit more concrete information on time frames and things like that. I thought the demo looked, looked phenomenal. My only question is, and it, it seems like the excitement for the game has already kind of answered this, but just personally, I remember when they announced a game called Cyberpunk 2077. I remember thinking, really, is it 1996 already? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of, it, it just, it just feels like the whole, that whole mood of like a guy in a leather trench coat kind of walking down some neon lit, you know, rainy alleyway in the future while like, you know, hover cars fly overhead just feels like a very dated vision of the future these days. And the whole cyberpunk thing, like you go back to William Gibson, you go back to kind of the crappy Billy Idol album that he put out in the nineties uh-huh. that was called cyberpunk. And it just kind of feels like that's a, that, that's a vision of the future and that's a milieu that has kind of had its day. Maybe maybe it's just, this is just the grumpy old man in me, but no, I'm surprised that people, that cyberpunk is is back now and people are excited about it again. I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I think, you know, like neon blue, neon pink, it's totally played out. Um, but the thing with that is that, that whole look, right, is I think it's kind of transcended being what people think the future is and just kind of been become a new, not a new, become a setting people are familiar with. Yeah, it's just an aesthetic that people like. And I, Exactly, and I think that in the same way, like, The Witcher's fantasy, and it's not like people are like, oh, there's too many fantasy things. Right. Right. I think Cyberpunk, uh, the game, is kind of just like, hey, we know everyone thinks it's cool. Let's just all agree we think it's cool. Play it out or not, it's fucking cool. And also, <laughs> you could go. make the argument that while, while the Cyberpunk idea and that aesthetic's been around in popular culture for a long time, it's never really been realized at a super high level. You think about it, right? It's like, Not what, what have we ever had? Like sure. Johnny Mnemonic? Like, it's it's never really been, like, on a, on a move, there's never been, like, the AAA Hollywood cyberpunk blockbuster that totally nailed it and looked amazing. Blade Runner, but yeah, I get, it wasn't but, a success, but I, don't, but I don't think a Blade Runner is cyberpunk. I feel like that's its own hmm. thing. Well, I'd say it's I, like it shares some of the aesthetic. Cyber noir. Well, I would give it. When cyberpunk, I think of cyberpunk, I th- I, well. when I think the of cyberpunk, cyberpunk, I think of like body modification and you know, there's Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, it's it's going to be interesting to say. Like I said, I, 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 I you know, if, if you if you execute it right, you know, it's like people always say like in Hollywood, oh, like the, the certain genres are full out of favor. Like no one makes horror movies anymore. But suddenly horror movies are hit and now horror is the hottest genre again. Yeah. Nobody makes westerns anymore, but it only takes one really great western to come back and kind of suddenly the genre is back in vogue. Mm. So maybe this is the game that will bring uh, this kind of aesthetic and this kind of feel back in vogue. Because again, when you walk, when I remember when they, there was a part of that demo where he walked out into this big living city, this big open plaza. And I remember thinking like, that's one of the most impressive 
visions of like a cyberpunk, you know, influenced, uh, you know, future study I've ever seen. Like yeah. I've never really seen it realized, again, outside of the Blade Runner movies, which are pretty close. Um, I've never really seen an aesthetic um, uh, rendered at such a, a high level where it, where it just looks so damn good. On top of that, like, and this this might sound a little hyperbolic, but uh, that what you just talked about, a walk in when you see that kind of courtyard area, yeah. it reminded me of Ocarina of Time and seeing Hyrule Fields and just being like, oh my God. And later there's a moment where they're outside and then they, the, there's like there's cars driving by and it reminded me of the first time I played GTA 3 where it, all of a sudden video games felt bigger than they ever had before. And the fact that a video game is making me feel that way just from watching it is huge because those are once in a generation moments, right? Yeah. Where, where it's like there's this transformative thing. Hopefully it lives up to that and is that good. But with the, the pedigree of the Witcher series, I feel like there is definitely the potential and like not even just a chance. I think it's expected that it will live up to that hype. And I am turned off entirely by fantasy Um Settings and, okay. and scenarios. So, Witcher Three, as amazing as the game as everyone it is, says it's just not it is, I just like could not. I, I don't even want to give it a shot. Really, it's right. just like not for me. Whereas Cyberpunk, it's the opposite. Where I'm like, all right, the guys that made that that everyone love made a game that looks. And that, this and way, that goes back I'm to the in. point we were making earlier. I think what is attractive about these games when they realize a world that is this glorious and it looks this good, it's the 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 offer that the, that they're making to people to their customers is not come play this game. It's come immerse yourself, lose yourself in this whole world that we built for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when and when the world building is as good as that. Again, I mean, I feel that way about The Division when you're walking around Washington, D.C. feels like this amazing world, like this real living world that you're in. Absolutely, I had this, I remember, you know, with uh, GTA Five. I remember just feeling absolutely um, awestruck by, uh, like, how much of a real world it felt like. Um, and I just enjoy, I mean, I, I had like five, six hour playing game sessions of GTA where I didn't do a single mission. I just went and did fucking yoga and played golf and just, just lived <laughs> in the world because it was just because you just, you just, you know, you, you role play it, you get into the character, you feel like, yeah, I want to spend time in this world. And I think, so I think they're building a world with 27, 2077 that looks very much like, I, I, again, I don't even care if I go do missions. I just want to hang out in that universe. Yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. E3 is going to be very interesting. I mean, very excited because obviously it's, it's very cyberpunky if there is any uh, VR plans for this title. Because that would be I, amazing. I highly doubt it. Right? Really? Why? Yeah. Just, uh, you think they could do it? I just don't think that they that they would allocate the resources to that. Like, that sounds like... No but it fits them, the cyberpunk idea they, so well. They'd want to nail that. You right. know what I mean? And I, I, I just feel like step one's the game. You know right. what I mean? Like, let's get that done, especially with next gen coming and all of that. Like, I feel like there's still there's so much that they would need to get right just with this product that adding something else to it might kind of muck Maybe up. Maybe that's waters. the next step, though. I think we're about a generation or two away from the VR technology really maturing and being something that people will finally want to uh, spend time in. And this obviously would be the perfect kind of game for that because you know you want to jack into the Matrix and mm-hmm. go. Like I said that feeling of immersing yourself in another world. When VR gets that right. That's so much more immersive than just you know playing on a TV screen. Yeah, definitely. A little more uh, CD Projekt Red news. Gwent is coming to smartphones. Standalone Witcher card game Gwent is coming to mobile phones later this year. Uh, CD Projekt Red announced today the game will come to iPhones first, well, with the Android release being announced at a later date. So there All right. you go. And then Yoshi's Crafted World reviews are in. It has a Metacritic score of 80 okay. currently. Uh, IGN gave it a 7.8. GameSpot a 8. Destructoid a 7.5. Let's go, dude. You hyped about that, Barrett? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's go, Yoshi. Yoshi's Crafted World. I played. I, a I genuinely bit of am it. excited. My kid, you know, because my kid loved Woolly Don't World. Don't be perfect. She loved oh, it. She's and that's another one, one that has a great. There you go. Woolly World fans represent. Um, we loved Woolly World. It has a great, another game that has a great two-player uh, co-op mode. And this one does as well. Uh, and uh, and, this, looks, and this, this looks like more of the same, but better. My kid, this, this will be a day one purchase for my kids. You will love this. That's awesome. There you go, man. Day one, though. That sounds so far away, Gary. If I wanted to know what games were coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? Hold on, I gotta get to the right page. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts. Each and every weekday. I noticed that this is the training wheels version of the scripts that has all the all the Greg ways the, and stuff that he would usually extemporize. This is the Fran this, version. This is the version so that he knows so everything. We to made say. a new template so that like whoever's hosting can right. at least kind of follow right. along. Right. Um, and it's for Fran. And have you done a show with Fran yet? I don't think you have. I don't think I have. Oh man, I can't wait. He is one of the most 
particular human beings I've ever met. Particular? In my life. I, he's just a character. You know? He's great. I love him. Oh, I love him. I love him to death. But it's just like he is not a real person. He is a cartoon character that somehow got uh, Roger Rabbited into our world. And he's just here, and we've just been living with him, and he's just, I, I don't know. I love him. I like Fran a lot. He's great. I enjoy, today, I enjoy watching his streams. Windscape on Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Tale of a, of the Fragmented Star, single fragment version on PlayStation 4. <laughs> DayZ on Xbox One. Alien Cruise on Xbox One. Alien Cruise sounds interesting. It is does, that, Kev. Is that, what it, is that what it sounds like? Bring Could that up. possibly be? I'll look into it. Like the love boat with aliens? Could that? Could I imagine that, it's that would like be an alien that. party game. Like it's like Mario Party, but with aliens and they're on a cruise ship. And there's a lot of dice being rolled. You know. You think? Let's see. We'll have to see. Coming to Xbox One, huh? Neon Caves is coming to Switch. Haramita, P on PC. Golden Key on PC and Die Already on PC and Mac. Here we got. All right, here we go. Alien, alien cruise. cruise. Ten minutes of gameplay. Oh, it's a shooter. Interesting. It's it's a shooter that looks like the graphics were drawn by like a ten year old kid, but it's kind of it's kind of charming in that way. It, yeah, it looks like a it kind of has like an alien hominid vibe from back in the day, a little uh, Newgrounds Flash action. But if the Flash was made in a MS but it looks paint. it looks like it looks like Napoleon Dynamite designed this mm, game. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just looks like something he's drawn on the back of his trapper keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's right. cute though. Alien All right, cruise, I like baby. it. Alien I like cruise. it. Alien Cruise. All right, we're in. Some new dates for you. Uh, Ethan Gok over at Kotaku. What's Gok up to? What did you say? Nothing. I was just. Enter the Gungeon's final update. A farewell to arms will arrive April 5th on PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. It'll add new weapons, items, another secret boss room, and two extra characters the Paradox and the Gunslinger. Perfect reasons to revisit one of this generation's best roguelikes. Never heard of it. Enter the Gungeon? Enter the. Ethan Gak Kotaku, Enter the Gungeon? No, 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 no. Ethan no. Gak is the name of the editor at Kotaku. Oh, Ethan Gak at Kotaku. Who reports reporting. on Enter the Gungeon. <laughs> well, but look. I you know. put it all in a tag, hey, so it makes hey, it look like it's all part of the same thing. needs training wheel script. <laughs> I just write things and I'm like, I'll know what it means. <laughs> to, 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 it's all in italic, so to read it, you'd think the name of the game is Ethan Gatch Kotaku colon Enter the Gungeon. Dude, Maybe why, that's what it should be called. Why is the O in Kotaku capitalized? Like, you know what I mean? I'm just there tippity tapping away. Nothing makes copy any sense. Paste, right, Tim? <laughs> copy and paste. You know what? No, Kevin. No. You've done it again down here. Now there's another game out here called Cecilia D'Anastasio Kotaku. Yeah. Overcooked 2. Overcooked 2 but the just thing announced is they, but it's new DLC. The thing is, they all actually sound like names of obscure Japanese games. <laughs> You're right, they do. <laughs> First Star Fragment Edition. Uh, Cecilia D'Anastasio over at Kotaku reports Overcooked 2 just announced its new DLC. Campfire Cook-Off. Players are headed to the woods with a new map, 12 levels, and some new campfire-themed recipes. Oh, that sounds fun. A little marshmallows? I'm sure. Yeah, make some s'mores maybe. Yeah. Although that would be, that would be perfect uh, for overcooked because you got to combine. You'd have the graham crackers, got to do the, the marshmallow and the and the chocolate bar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then of course you got to roast them, just not you just know, right. not, not too. You want them to burn. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's like raccoons around. You got to like stop them from eating the s'mores. I have the worst luck in that. Anytime I've tried to make a s'more like over a campfire yeah, or even over the stove because you can just do it over the, the if you've got like a gas yeah. burner. Uh, mine catch fire and burn almost immediately. I can never get like you know just that nice. Golden brown. Yeah. I'm but, not a big s'more fan. No? I feel like it's just like, let's take a bunch of things that you like and put them together in a way that's weird when they're on fire. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> just give me some chocolate. Give me some marshes, you know? Uh, deals of the day. The biggest iPad sale ever is happening right now. This comes from Chris Reed at IGN. Anyone who's been waiting for a deal to pick up an iPad Pro, Nick Scarpino, if you're listening, this is news for you. Uh, you'll want to take a look at this. Amazon currently has 11 and 12.9 inch iPad Pro tablets in a number of configurations, uh, all the Wi-Fi ones. Pretty much any option in Wi-Fi of iPad Pros are on sale for their lowest price ever. If you're planning to buy one anyway, you might as well do it now and save between $100 and $200 on the best high-end tablets on the market. That's a ridiculous deal for Apple. So, check it out. What's question. up, B-Money? Question from the, uh, from the press pool. Did you talk about what we inside? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, did you put that under new date? I put it under. I made it out of story. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Wolfenstein, Young Blood. Let's go. Let's go, Young Blood. Um, and then well, let's see. I think there was no. That was it for deals of the day. Because now it's time for reader mail. But first, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. 
One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brush our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly, but now I do because I have Quip, and I have the beautiful Jet Black Limited Edition. Could not recommend it more highly. Barrett just got it. I'm sure he'll give his impressions soon. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. It was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even more enjoyable. People brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. A built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. Mm. Why? Up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. This also comes with a multi-cover mount that uh, you can just stand there. It looks beautiful. And then you flip it over, you put the toothbrush in, and you can travel with it, just like I'm going to do when I go to Kansas City this weekend. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. Greg loves his quip. He ordered when Nick wouldn't shut up about his, and he doesn't regret regret it. No one here regrets it. That's why we love quip. Quip starts at just $25. And... If you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash games. And also shout out to Harry's. Harry's founders were tired of paying up for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They knew that a great shave doesn't come from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships, tactics that the leading brand has used to raise prices for decades. They fixed that by combining a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. They've received over 20,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Harry's replacement cartridges are just $2 each. That's half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield, uh, which is the one I formerly used before I made the switch over to Harry's. All Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. I guarantee you that's not going to happen, though. I've been using it. And I didn't ask for a refund. I just keep using it. Get a $30 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. That includes a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Listeners of this show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash games daily. Make sure you go to H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash games daily to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you. To help support the show. You know, I might actually do that. Harry's? Because I have one of those razors that has a handle that looks like a spaceship. Yeah. And it, it is ridiculous, the thing that these companies will do to appeal to our fragile sense of masculinity, right? Yeah, oh, this looks like, like, oh, this blue this looks looks like the it. Terminator. This has got to be a good razor for yeah. me. And it is outrageous. <laughs> it has a Darth Vader head on it. It is Whoa. outrageous what they charge you for blades. Every yeah. time I buy that little pack of blades, I'm like, really? Seriously? Yeah, why not? Yeah, That's yeah, how they get, you get it. For All right, maybe this is my way out. Okay. Harry's.com slash games daily, Gary. All right, I'm going to do it. There you go. Uh, first reader mail comes from Steven. Steven says, hearing Greg talk about the Oculus Quest has me excited. I never considered getting a VR unit other than the PSVR. The ease of use, the Quest seems like a dream come true. I want to get one, but I'm worried that the PSVR 2 will come out relatively soon and make my purchase of Quest a waste. Assuming there is a PSVR 2, how likely do you think it is that it will launch the same year as PS5? Also, do you think PSVR 2 will be completely wireless and not require an external camera? Sorry for the long question and then making it longer by saying sorry. <laughs> I think that we have seen a fully dedicated Sony when it comes to the PlayStation VR um, as recently as two days ago during their state of play um, direct thing. Yeah, I mean, did. it seems like they're, they're continuing to be fully behind it. Did you see the state of play? I, saw, I, saw, I, saw, I didn't see, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched like the clips that got pulled out of it. I watched a bunch of trailers. I would trailers. say 70% of it was PSVR and PSVR games of consequence. We so Sony Man. is all in on PSVR. And they're all in, and I think that they're continuing continuing to prove that to the believers, and I think that they're converting a lot of non-believers. And they're also converting a lot of people like me that have doubted them in the past for their commitment to a peripheral like this based on previous generations' missteps when it comes to things like the PlayStation Move or things like the PlayStation Vita. I'm not going to call that a misstep. Don't want people angry at me. Um but I think that uh, they're definitely going to have a PSVR 2 at some point. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was sooner than the PS5 just to kind of incentivize people once this new lineup of 
games comes out that they've been showing off, like the Iron well, Man. Well, I mean, VR I mean, if it's like if that. it's high fidelity, uh, higher resolution, and some of the things you'd expect from PSVR two, it might well be that it will need a PS five to drive that because it's a lot of you know compute power. And I think that that's the more likely option is that yes, PSVR two will be a thing, but it will launch with the PS five. I don't think it'll be bundled with the PS five, but I think that it'll be a similar time frame. I think within the year makes sense. I don't know that it's the best call to release both of them like day and date because I think that's just too too much hardware that you're putting out for people because that'd be upwards of a thousand dollars potentially that you're yeah. asking people to to invest um but i think it's a safe bet that a next generation psvr unit will exist with alongside the ps5 and to answer the the uh the writer's uh question here I, i'm actually very excited about the oculus quest because it does a, it solves a couple of problems that i think for the longest time have really been holding vr back one is the fact that you're tethered and it's, you know, even though they make the cables pretty long, you know, you, you get tangled, you turn around, you get tangled up in the cables. Sometimes it kind of like jerks, you know, your, the, the headset is going to get jerked off your head because you've gone too far. It's just, it's cumbersome. It's mm -hmm. not fun to feel, just feeling tethered is not fun. Um, and there's a lot, anyone who's ever set up an Oculus Rift or even a PSVR knows there's a lot of fucking cables involved and it's a hassle. So Oculus Quest, completely wireless, solves that problem. The other problem is that PSVR has a relatively elegant solution to this, but again, if you've used Oculus where you've got the little you know, uh, stand-up cameras mm -hmm. or if you ever used a, a HTC Vive where they've got you know the the, the lighthouses up Satellites, in the corner, yeah. it's like it's it, it's all a big fucking hassle. Yeah. And so I think like as much as I'm a big believer in VR, I think part of the reason why it has not yet changed the world in the way that a lot of people thought it would back in the beginning is because it's being held back by some of these basic issues. The setup, it's, yeah. it's too it's too much of a, it's basically too much of a hassle mm -hmm. to use. Oculus Quest is the first one that I've seen that removes all of the hassle and still gives you a really good experience. Um, I don't know how possible it is, but I would my number one thing on a wish list for PSVR 2 and it's the it's the number one thing that stopped me from buying a PSVR and it's the number one thing that would compel me to buy buy a PSVR 2 is find find a way to make it wild. Now, obviously, there are latency issues with that kind of stuff, and you know you've got to transmit all the stuff wirelessly. There's a lot of data going back and forth between when you when you're pushing a VR game. So I don't know how how doable that is, but it's for me it's a it's a huge differentiator, and I would love to see the next generation of of, of, of um, uh, uh, VR technology across the board, not just PSVR, make that leap into the wireless future and, and get us away from feeling tangled and tethered and, and all kind of tied up in cables all the time. I think it's more likely we'll see something like the the wireless Vive with the PSVR right. as opposed to um, the the Oculus Quest here. Oh, I'm not suggesting it will be a self-contained unit. I'm saying that it would have a transmitter. You'd have you'd have you'd have a thing yeah. that you plug into the PS. Maybe the PS if they're smart, I would just say the PS5 already has it built into it. Like yeah. what a, a dedicated I mean, that, that I think would be the great the best yeah. solution. And I think just that's put it the on most wirelessly solution. connects. That would be amazing, and I'd be all in on PSVR two if they did that. Yeah. I just don't know how how technologically or economically possible if we're if we're there yet. That might still be a couple of generations uh, more away. I, guess, I you know, think we are. Well, Oculus Oculus Quest solves the problem by just having everything. everything in. There. There's nothing. And I don't think it's not talking to anything. Although it's not out of the realm of possibility that PlayStation kind of just puts this out as its own hardware unit that doesn't need. Uh, PS4 or PS5 to, to work. I don't think that's the most likely. Solution, no, I think I think it, I think they're still going to want to rely on the 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 power of the base console. The question is, can you at least simplify the wires or get, again, preferably get rid of them completely? Because it's the one thing. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As much as I love my Oculus Rift, I don't spend a whole bunch of time playing it because every time I play it, it's like you know, it really is like the you know the spaghetti jungle of, of cables and it's just a big old mess. Yeah. I want to just be able to put the thing on. And get on with it. Gotcha. Uh, James Alexander writes in and says, I currently own a PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and a Vive, and I barely have time to play through the games I own now, especially with Game Pass, uh, Games with Gold, PS Plus. Even though I live and breathe video games, I can't get hyped about Google Stadia and Next Gen, to be honest. Am I missing something from the Stadia announcement that I should that should get me hype? Honestly, I think that you're you're right where you're at, where it's like there's nothing right now that's going to change the way that you're playing if you already have all those things. I think that this, you should be hyped about the potential of what this means for next generation. And it in addition to what you're doing, like it's just going to give you more. You seem like the type of person that is investing in video games and has expendable income. So if there's a game that you want to play anywhere, you'll be able to invest in this, whether it's a subscription service or a la carte model. And I think that that's going to go not just from Google, but like when you look at the other 
consoles as well as well with next gen we don't know what that's going to look like yet but i think that the cloud cloud gaming doesn't make sense to people right now because we're, we don't have it yet but the moment that people have access to it and they understand what it can mean i think it's going to change the way people play games and i think that um a very similar thing here is the nintendo switch there were so many rumors going into the switch we all knew it was going to be a hybrid console handheld but Nobody could wrap their head around what that meant until we actually got it. And then you go, oh, I get it. And now it seemed, now everybody would be like, what are you talking about? The we first, totally the, got the, that. Even, even though you intellectually understand it, because the promise was made before anyone got their hands on it, you, you'd just be able to dock it with the TV. The first time that you do that and it just instantly goes to the TV, you go, oh, it's like magic. Yeah. And you love it. Because back then we didn't believe it would work. But it worked. And it worked. And I feel like cloud gaming is going to be the exact same thing. I think, like right now we're all like, but the internet's not good enough. And this and this and this. And it's like, those are all real points. But... If they prove to us that they can make it work as well as the Switch proved to us that it, it can. Or as well as the Assassin's Creed. Or as well as Assassin's Creed Odyssey like worked when uh, what's his face brought it in. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, there's like there's there, there are rightly a, a lot of people asking questions about Stadia and you know latency and bandwidth and stuff like that. And will it be enough to sustain? Will we be able to play all kind of games on it in, in a way that feels as good as you've got the box under the TV. Um, and that remains to be seen. I think if anyone can solve that problem, it's Google, you know, because they've got infinite resources. Um, I think one of the things that has not been... Resources. What's that? Nothing. I just... Infinite resources seems so grandiose. But, I mean, they do. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they buy more if they don't have You know, as a practical matter, they, they kind of do. Um one of the one of the things that I think hasn't been talked about enough, and I think is going to be a real quality of life improvement once people try, as you say, once they try and they go, oh, I get it now, is that kind of instant on nature of the games. Like when I when I play a game at home on my Xbox, from me turning on the Xbox to the game actually being playable with the controller in my hand and I'm playing the game, two minutes. It, it can, you know, between the Xbox booting up, selecting the game, the game going through its boot cycle and everything, it can take a while. One of the promises of Google Stadia is you, pre- you play the game and you're playing it instantly. Like mm-hmm. There's no load times, there's no boot up, no install or anything. You're just instantly there. And I think that that is going to be... I think that's going to be one of those things that when people experience, they go, oh, shit, like, this is so much better than it used to be. Because I remember seeing... A, I saw a demo of it a while back, some of the Stadia stuff, and uh, was really, really impressed by just how quickly stuff... It's just there instantly because yeah. it's, all, it's all being done on their... Uh, data side, you're not waiting for you know hard drives to spin up or anything like that, or for the data to be installed. It's just already there, and it's just immediate. You think about it this way: like when you, when I decide to watch a Twitch stream or a YouTube stream, I'm not waiting two minutes for the stream to start. It starts instantly. That's what your games will be like, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, going back to something you were saying earlier about like it's still up in the air on whether or not it'll match the experience you have playing on a box. Yeah. I don't think that it, it will, especially not yet. I think that maybe in the future at some point we'll have the technology that it does. Um, but I also don't think that it needs to because of what you're saying. I think that it's going to create a pros and cons situation where at the end of the day ease of use wins out right. majority of the time. Right. And, and this is why I keep bringing up Netflix as an example where well, where Blu-rays look better. If you have a Blu-ray or a 4K Blu-ray in a physical device that's playing it on your TV, it looks better than 4K streaming on Netflix. However, to most people... Most people can't tell the difference. But even more than not telling the difference, they don't give a shit about the difference because they're like... Oh, well, that requires putting the disc in, doing this, doing whatever. And it's that two minutes that you're talking that about. Was, Whereas Netflix is just you click and you're in. That was one of the comments that I saw after the Stadia announcement that I thought was 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 very uh, well observed. Because a lot of people were asking questions about latency and performance and all that kind of stuff. And rightly so. But then somebody chimed in with the opinion of one of the problems with the way that the Stadia announcement had been covered in the enthusiast press is, well, we're all enthusiasts. And we care about 4K, 60 frames a second. We care about all the stats under the hood. We care about uh you know the highest possible quality experience you know and like you said the difference between 4k blu-ray and 4k on netflix there is a difference but i think most people don't care or can't even notice and the netflix 4k looks beautiful you got to remember obviously google has to be able to satisfy the enthusiast market as well the hardcore but the majority of people aren't hardcore for the majority of people the 4k netflix stream the google stadia experience is going to be good enough good enough is good enough Mm -hmm. for most people absolutely and i think good enough is going to win out at the end of the day for this one. Um, it's time to squat up. Carter on Twitch. His uh, Twitch name is A-J-T-E-V-E. Adjective. Not sure if this is an appropriate 
uh, squad up, but I am a newer streamer who is doing an event for the launch of an indie game called Nova Drift. I've been given a few game codes to give away and would love for any best friends to come hang out in my stream while I chase achievements and give out codes to the game. Nova Drift launches on March 27th and I plan on starting my giveaway stream at 6 a.m. Pacific until about 2 p.m. Pacific or later. My Twitch- today. Yeah. Yeah, hey, today. He's, doing, he's going right now, guys. Go check it out. Uh, Twitch.tv slash AJTEVE. Go check it out. That's, he started his cool. stream at 6 a.m. PST. Crazy. I guess he's, I guess he's uh, you know, got the European market in mind. Mm-hmm. That's early to start streaming. Who's also, up streaming at 6 o'clock in the morning? AJT, that, man. Dude. Get on there. Uh, he's giving away the game Nova Drift. Check it out. Hopefully it looks cool. And now it's time for you wrong. Let's see. Let's see I feel we like we, there, there was... I'm sure we got a lot I, I think today's going to be a banner day for you wrong. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's see. Oh, man, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Is, is it At full least up? a lot of people. There's a lot of stuff we didn't in. know today. Okay. So far, seen a lot of bullshit. Yeah, that sounds about right. One second. Oh, is this the guy streaming right now? Yeah, pull yeah. it up. Though. Okay, so this is the guy playing Nova Drift. All right. Again, Good call. he's not watching our content. Pretty upset about that. I'm not gonna lie. This uh, game looks cool, though. Yeah, it looks like a uh, no. almost like like is it like a Geometry Wars? Um, I don't know what that means. Really? Have you never played Geometry Wars? <laughs> you fucking or not, uh, Super Stardust? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of feels a bit like that Kyle as well. Smart game. Um, nanobiologist has some breaking news. Ubisoft has announced their E3 press conference for June 10th at 1 p.m. Pacific. Not really surprising. That's Wait, what was that? Ubisoft announced when their press conference is oh, June, E3? June 10th. I wonder what they're going to announce at uh, E3 this yeah. year. Yeah, well, who knows? Watch Dogs 3, probably? Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, where are they in their cycle? Like, they're not going to announce another Assassin's Creed right away, are they? Like, what's the next... Far Cry they just did. Like, what's the next big thing? Is Watch Dogs even a big thing? I know that I know they got a sequel, but it doesn't seem like it's kind of really hit, like, Division, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry type level of... Ubisoft premier franchise yet. I feel like they'll get there. Yeah. You know, I feel like Ubisoft it. in the last couple of years, like the last two oh, years specifically, has just been killing it so hard that I think that they're they're not going to give up on franchises if they have belief in them. And I think Watch Dogs is one of those. Right. Um I've played Geometry Wars. Was this look, on the Vita? Lord Opone says Borderlands came out on PC, PS3, and Xbox 360 in 2009 at the same time. So okay. I was wrong. Yeah, that's what I thought. I always, I always remember it as a multi-platform title. Brandon Hofer says Warhammer, uh, Vermintide 2, Ashen, and After, After Party, and many other third-party titles have been on Game Pass on day one. Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Those all seem like smaller titles compared yeah. to Borderlands, but still, there's precedent for it. Mm. Anything else? Lord Opone says in the new Wolfenstein game, you actually play as BJ's twin daughters. Tim said kid, singular. Oh, okay. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I'm excited about Youngblood. I'll definitely play that. How's it working in, is it split screen for co-op? Did, did they show anything about how they're doing that? Or was, it was just all just cinematic stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just cinematic for this one. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm sure like over, right? over, over online, you'll be able to play each on your own screen, but it, it, I wouldn't there if there'll some, be an option to play locally. This, actually. Was there? Yeah, there was, but I don't think there was a co-op game. I don't think we saw that. Okay. Um, I didn't watch the whole trailer. I just skimmed through I feel through like split-screen gaming has kind of gone away. Well, now they're, they're going to be back with I Google hope, Stadia. I hope so. Uh... Luger Wolf says, Luminous Productions' new project was confirmed last year to be a new IP and not a Final Fantasy game. Right. Sounds about right. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing something new, not just more Final I mean, obviously, they will do more Final Fantasy as well, but... I saw an image that said that, that Final Fantasy 29 must be the last one, because they can't do Final Fantasy XXX. Oh, uh, well, I mean, maybe they can. Maybe they just Na- lean into nasty, it. nasty, though. The next one's the last who know, one? Who knows, where, who knows where the culture's going to oh. be by the time the 30th... You know, we'll, 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 we'll be in a cyberpunk future. I mean, yeah, yeah, anything definitely goes. Definitely like 200 years from now. Yeah, maybe there's hardcore fucking in, in Final Fantasy's future. <laughs> Right, you won me over on <laughs> See, you went from like, oh, they can never do that, to now it's high on your wish list. This is a, now you want it. This is hilarious. You're wrong. That we normally wouldn't read, but I'm going to now. Uh, someone writes in and says Harry's now only has nine thousand five star reviews, not twenty thousand. Some influencer had a lot of people go change their five star review to one star to see if they can make them change the ad. <laughs> That's 
That's just horrible. Awful. That's just horrible. That's so you're fucking with so many people's, people's livelihoods. Man, I fucking hate influencers. Don't do that shit. Don't Who fucking these do people? that shit. That's gross. God, I don't like that at all. Uh, uh, people that are watching, go and vote for that ESPN thing. Go and do it if you haven't done it yet. Yeah, so that's Greg Greg is obsessed with, Go vote for Greg Miller. Greg is obsessed with winning polls and things, it's isn't he? Like, it's so man. not it's Greg. So important it's, to him. it's not it's so Greg. Important. It's so important to him. Kind of funny, dude. We you gotta win. We don't make a lot of things that are great. So anytime anyone wants to put us on a pedestal, my God. We'll take it, dude. We're we jumping jump, on that thing. dive, whatever we need I, I, to do. I, I like that you guys, you guys have a winning mentality, and I like that. You just gotta do it. Winning win at all costs. I love that we all in this office, Greg wasn't here when he sent us this. He slacked us a link to it, and we clicked on it, and we're like, what is this? None of us know it. We're like, doesn't matter. Greg needs to win. <laughs> but for Greg. hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, now, jokes aside, I've said this before in a bunch of uh, other ways, but these things mean something to us because it raises the brand awareness so high. In the same way when you're like, why why would they name a ballpark Oracle Arena? That's not going to make me use Oracle stuff. It's awareness of the brand. Yeah. You know, I've never fully understood how that side of it works, but I know damn well how this, how this works. When the, people are retweeting vote for Greg to win, all of a sudden more people know who Greg is. You know, more people know who kind of funny is. More people get to support beautiful shows like this and beautiful faces like that. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, we will see you in a couple minutes with Kind of Funny AF. K-F-A-F, as they call it. Uh, tomorrow, it's me and Fran. And then Friday, it's Fran and Imran Khan from Game Informer. Until the next time, I love you. <laughs>